you've tuned in to Supply Side Stories. The innovations, influencers, and breakthroughs defining the future of health and nutrition. Hello and welcome to another edition of Supply Side Stories. I'm Fran Schoenwetter, Director of Content Marketing at Informa Markets. And joining us today via telephone is Wade Schmelzer, Principal Food Scientist at Cargill. In cooperation with Natural Products Insider and Supply Side Stories, our podcast today is supported by Cargill. Our topic today will be sweetening considerations for differing applications, dairy, beverage, and snack. And before we begin, I'd like to just tell you a little bit more about Wade. Um, a food scientist, Wade Schmelzer, is uh, directly engaged in the product development and application process with Cargill's customers. I know this because I've been in the lab with him. Uh, he's specifically focused on formulating with sweeteners and texturizing agents that appeal to consumers within the health and wellness sector. This includes successful product development with stevia, among other sweeteners. So I'm sure that we'll all be interested to learn more about what you bring to the table as an expert, Wade. So with that, we'll begin. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your background as a formulator and how you generally work in partnership with customers? Sure. Uh, I've been doing this now for about 20 years um, across kind of the, the wide category, uh, breadth of category spaces. So anything from dairy applications to beverages, uh, to snack products, to cereals. Um, I've touched pretty much all of it. Chewing gum is another one. So I've touched a lot of different types of applications over the years. Um, but I've spent about the last 10 years really focused on stevia sweeteners and how to leverage them in terms of looking at sugar reduction and, and replacing sweetness um, in a variety of these applications. Yeah, stevia has really come on strong um, in, within products that used to be this outlier ingredient, and now it's um, clearly mainstream and, and available in a lot of different permutations. But I know that when you're formulating with stevia and some of the other sweetener alternatives, there are specific challenges that come into play. I'm, I'm wondering if you can talk a little more to us about what you're seeing in terms of the market, are there shifts in the kinds of concerns and solutions that customers are requesting today? Yeah, I think that's coming from a couple different places. Um, some of that is um, just, you know, as, as consumers have seen Stevie in the market now being more comfortable with it as an ingredient and something that they see on the label. Um, I think that's leading to more proliferation and, and more uh, products in the market that are delivering on the taste expectations of consumers. Um, we also see that with um, some of the regulations across different geographies, different uh, countries um, across the globe, that some of that also drives some of the innovation that happens um, around formulating with stevia and stevia sweeteners. Um, so that's uh, the combination of the two has really been um, kind of accelerating that. And um, it's been a long journey for Cargill on this front. Um, going back to the, to the first approvals of Stevie, of Rebe for use in, in food app, food and beverage applications. Um, but there's been a lot of improvements over the years um, in terms of innovation to drive at new sweetener options from the Stevia leaf 
um, to help deliver better solutions. So that's really what we're we're striving to do is to, you know, how do we take it to the next level with our customers to help them be successful. Can you talk just a little bit about RevA? Because I know that sometimes Stevia seems to be objectionable for some consumers. Can you talk to us about what Cargill has done to solve for this challenge? Yeah, so um, it goes back to 2008 when we first got approvals for uh, RevA uh, for use in, in the U.S. Um, you know, historically, that limitations have been things um, like bitterness, so some backend bitterness, or other comments of um, herbal notes, those sorts of things. Um, there's many other glycosides that are in the leaf, so the sweet components of the leaf. And it's really, um, Cargill did a lot of um, groundbreaking sensory work looking at how do we leverage some of these components to the leaf um, to give a better quality of sweetness. So that's really what we're striving for is um, stretching the boundaries, pushing that out and getting a better quality of sweetness that really lets us go to a deeper level of sugar reduction. Um, so it's, it's using those more effectively together what the leaf brings brings forward and um, and delivering a better option. I know that I've been really surprised in positive ways about um, the sensorial experiences with some of the innovation that's going on coming out of Cargill. I do, I've done, I guess I'm considered a super taster and I've done some super tasting <laughs> out at the trade environments and was surprised that I, I had some challenges actually uh, defining uh, what sweeteners were in which products because usually usually I do detect things that I don't like from from stevia and I couldn't in these products so you know pretty amazing technology um, I'd like to focus us a little bit more specifically on on applications for dairy um, when you're sweetening for dairy what what does it needs to be taken into account um, in that particular, with that particular category, yeah, dairy is one of the more difficult ones because if we're if we're getting in the in the situation where we've got milk there, um, if I pick up just a little bit of bitterness, it really becomes apparent. So uh, it's really I think it's opened up the door for us with our Viatech portfolio and with our recent launch of our EverSweet product because of the significant improvements in quality of sweetness that um, it's enabled us to do things in that particular category um, that maybe was more limited before. I think in the past, it's been more focused on sugar reduction, but now we're even stretching that out to, to get some products that are, are no sugar added. Um, but that, that really subtle character that dairy has, you know, that little bit of bitterness can really be a hindrance. So it's really trying to, to take that away. Um, in some applications, you know, if we're getting into something like an ice cream, then we're going to be looking at other complementary sweeteners. Um, so things like erythritol, because we need freezing point depression and the functionality that sucrose um, brings, we've got to be able to replace that. So um, we do look at other tools and other um, other ingredients that can help on that front um, to, to, to replace that or replicate that. So it might be erythritol. In some cases, it might be um, using some texturants to bring back some of the body or some the mouthfeel that we lose when you take sugar solids down. So we're trying to look at it holistically at those kind of multiple levels of that, not just sweetness, but um, the other attributes that are important for kind of the whole total sensory experience. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you about those high intensity sugars. And when you, so when you're reducing, when you're using those, you're reducing the, some of the texturizing components that you would get from sucrose, from table sugar. Um, how, what are some of the solutions that you bring into play? I know it would vary depending on the product, but just a couple of examples. If you're using, again, high intensity sweetener and you have to solve for texture. Yeah, so so in a, an application like chocolate milk, many of them already have carrageenan. It can be something as simple as just a very slight adjustment in the carrageenan level that's already being used. Um, you know, it's really dependent on what's kind of in scope for a particular customer. So some might be open to still using maybe a native starch. So we have some products that we might look at on that front to use a starch to kind of replace some of that um, some of that texture. Uh, like I commented before, ice cream is more complicated. Um, usually you're looking in those types of applications at combination texture and systems. Um, so different types of gums leveraged together to try to replace some of that loss in body and mouthfeel, um, usually in conjunction with erythritol and, and possibly even chicory root fiber um, in that particular application. So these are complex solutions that aren't only dictated by the mouthfeel, texture, and flavor of the product, but the end consumer who your customer is creating the product for and their tolerance for different types of ingredients. Then um, I'm, can you elaborate a little bit more about some other applications for sweeteners? Um, for example, grocery snacks. I mean, this is a very different environment than dairy applications. Yeah, as we get into the the, the snack space, uh, you start to, you know, you, you're again playing in this space where sugar is very functional. Um, in some applications, like a cookie, it results in kind of the spread and the, the visual appearance um, that you have of the cookie. Or uh, in a bar, it becomes so important with it binding together and holding the bar together. Um, so, again, those are going to require some different um approaches to try to do that. So there's some um, reduced sugar syrups and some other things that um, you can use to help kind of replace some of that binding. But as our customers are looking to take um, sugar down on the label, um, that's where we're using those types of solutions in conjunction with, with stevia sweeteners to help um, kind of replace the sweetness that they need there. So Wade, these really require a, a partnership kind of relationship for you with the customer. Can you talk to us about the process, about how you do work with customers on creating the right solutions? Yeah, so it's, you know, I think when we have a customer kind of engage with us and, and start you know, want, you know, asking for assistance or some help to, to formulate with Stevia, you know, that can happen in a couple different ways. In some cases, that may be um, a customer sending us a base that we might be working and kind of showcasing what could be the possibilities of different types of sweeteners uh, in the Stevia portfolio. We do have customers still who, um, you know, have this perception of, oh, I, 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 I'm concerned about Stevia because of the taste that I, that I see. And actually that goes back to um, you know, maybe an experience they might have had 10 years ago. So we still have customers who are learning as we work with them. 
Um, so, you know, I, there's a big teaching element of this um, as we kind of engage on that front. Uh, but I think where we where we can really shine is when we have the opportunity to kind of take it back a level in the formulation and, and when we have a little bit more flexibility to work on kind of the collection of ingredients that are being incorporated in a formulation, um, we can highlight really our, our expertise and the knowledge of how to couple these various solutions together um, to deliver not only on um, sweetness, but on texture and on um, ultimately that leads to how your flavor comes across. So we, we really are trying to look at that from a holistic standpoint to try to drive it to the best quality of sweetness and best flavor impact that we can. Um, so that that's that's where we really um, have had some some strong success with customers is when we've been able to, to kind of really get back to get down to the basics in terms of that that formulation and have a little bit of flexibility to show them what some other ingredients can actually do in a, in their particular situation. Wow, thanks for that. Um, I, I'd like to bring us to a close here. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add, Wade? Um, really for our audience and for the marketplace um, to consider um, when they're trying to uh, create solutions for today's consumer, perhaps looking for uh, reduced calorie or reduced sugar in their products? Uh, I would just call out that, you know, over the last probably three or four years, it's been, innovation has been moving fast. So trying to, you know, you know, all of us, all of us who are in the food industry, there's so many new products out there. Um, but just reaching out because, you know, the next wave of innovation is, you know, it can be just right around the corner. So, um, you know, feel free to reach out and ask questions because, I mean, that's the only way we're all going to continue to learn on that front. Um, and we, we are rapidly trying to um, accelerate and, and we have questions we get from customers now that we don't have the answers, but we're striving to to try to, to figure those out. Well, it's great to be at the front end of innovation and creativity. I really appreciate you answering all these questions today and, and being available, uh, being av available to the market. And um, with that, I'm gonna thank you, Wade, for taking the time today and thank our entire audience for listening and learning. We look forward to future episodes of Supply Side Stories with you. And thank you, Cargill. Without their support, we would not have this podcast to bring your way. You've been listening to an Informa Markets podcast. 